0: 所以,
1: geez, geez. This is, is um, no. a Dave Ellswick show and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave this Friday morning. Dave is ending his vacation this weekend. He will be back on the radio here on 101.1 FM, The Answer, starting Monday. Of course, Chris and I will be back in the studio with Dave uh, uh, at the end of the week, a week from today on Friday. Folks, Chris is on his way in. We have a lot to talk about, as we always do. I want to start with some news in the New York Times. Yes, unfortunately, I still read the New York Times. You know, it's almost like when you... When you uh, have to take bad medicine, you keep taking it because you know that it might help you, uh, even though often it seemingly does not. And so that's why I still read the New York Times. We'll see whether I learn from that lesson or not. As I've said throughout my tenure on the show during COVID, I've taken the vaccine. I recommend to friends to take the vaccine. Uh, I, I believe the vaccine overall is a positive. The vaccine operates Uh, largely like all other vaccines in the sense that it introduces into your body something that stimulates the immune response so that when exposed to the actual virus, you don't become sick or if you become sick, you don't become gravely ill. It works uh, the vast majority of times, but not completely like virtually everything in the medical sciences. But with all that said, we are still discovering and investigating what we know both about COVID and the vaccines and the treatments. So why is that relevant? It's relevant because you as an individual are entitled to make decisions for yourself and, you're, uh, and you should be entitled not to be pressured by the government that you elect, that you put in office to then all of a sudden think they're the boss of you. Uh, You ain't the boss of me. I'm the boss of you. So stop telling me what to do. In case in point, uh, there was just an investigation by Pfizer as to whether or not they should give booster shots to those who've already had the Pfizer vaccine. I got the Pfizer vaccine. And Pfizer's investigation discovered that in general, it's probably a good idea after about six months to get a booster shot because the effectiveness of the original vaccine wears off. And that's, by the way, the case with all vaccines, albeit many vaccines last for a decade. Like You you get a tetanus shot once every 10 years, not every year, because the effectiveness of it uh, is much, much longer. But they've shown that the effectiveness of the vaccine for COVID is shorter term in part because COVID is so contagious. So what we mean by effectiveness also relates to how contagious the underlying diseases. But what's interesting in this discussion is the top of the page headline article in the New York times. And it says CDC chief that's uh, Rochelle Walensky overrules agency panel and recommends Pfizer boosters for workers at risk. The agency panel, the CDC agency panel, or excuse me, I think the, uh, um, yeah, maybe it was the CDC panel. I I lose track if it was the CDC or the FDA, but it looks like it's the CDC panel, recommended a more limited, excuse me, folks, a more limited pool of people to get the booster shots And uh, Rochelle Walensky, who is the chief of the CDC, said she wants to give it to a broader group of people. I'm okay with that. But what does that highlight for us? That highlights that this isn't black and white, that we should be free to make our decisions as to what is good for our own personal health. Based on the fact that there is a level of ambiguity when it comes to getting the vaccine, when it comes to COVID, and frankly, when it comes to overall health care. I discussed uh, last time I was on the show, Monday, that I think smoking is bad for you, and the science supports that notion. That notwithstanding, we don't throw people in jail if they decide to smoke. It's a bad decision but their decision to make nonetheless. And so, of course, this turns us back around to the question of the Biden mandates on vaccines or similarly, the Tyson chicken mandate on vaccines or the Chamber of Commerce mandate on vaccines or preferred mandate in the the latter case. The bottom line is... That while vaccines are good and the science supports taking a vaccine uh, and the risks of taking the vaccine are far, far lower than the risks of not taking the vaccine and catching COVID, both of which, um, well, the latter of which is is significant. If you're out in the environment today and you don't have the vaccine, there's a fair chance you'll catch COVID. Uh, And so that risk is much higher than the risk of taking the vaccine. That's why I recommend you take the vaccine. That's why the CDC and the FDA recommend you take the vaccine. But it is your decision to make. And if you don't understand that distinction, the distinction between your ability to make that decision for you, irrespective of what I think is a good idea, irrespective of what what a government bureaucratic thinks is a good idea. Well, then you don't understand freedom, you don't understand conservative ideals, and I don't understand why you're listening to this radio show. No, don't tune it out. Stay on. Maybe you will actually learn something. Freedom has a cost. Freedom ain't free. That's why the American military, excuse me, folks, It's an early morning frog there for you. That's why the American military military has been willing throughout its history to die for your freedom. They died not only for your right to live. It wasn't such a basic notion that the American military has supported for over two centuries. They've died for your freedoms. So let's not forget that when the Bureau hack Communists, and yes, they're communists in our government, tell you, well, the most important thing is your life. It's really important. And guess what? Freedom is really important as well. So we need to stay on top of this notion. uh, um, and. In fact, I see Chris uh, arriving at the studio and at the same time, Heidi giving me the signal. It's too much for me to process. So with that, we will take a break and be back after these words. This is The Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbach. In the studio now joining us, of course, is Chris Corbett. Behind the booth screen, safely away from the two of us, is Heidi. We are continuing our show and talking about government overreach, but... I want to change topics for a moment because there was an article in the New York Times and elsewhere as well <clears throat> about how some of the uh, communist Democrats in the House, is that not were, the right word? You gonna, is that well, not
2: the right word? When they're uh, telling us what to do? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it's because of our, to keep us free and safe? That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah, here's, how gonna,
1: here's how you're going to be free and safe. Do what I mandate. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm sorry, there's so much, I I understood each of the words, but when strung together in a sentence like that, it was gibberish. There you go. So, uh, Israel has a defensive missile program that they have developed jointly with the United States. It's called the Iron Dome.
2: Love hearing about
1: that. Isn't that a great program?
2: What a great name, the Iron Dome. The
1: Iron Dome. And... So Hamas, the terrorist organization funded by Iran. Oh, Iran, the government that the Obama administration made a nuclear deal with so that they could develop nuclear arms. Oh, that's smart. Yes, that Iran. Hamas. uh, That's messed up. It's ridiculous. Every time
2: I read about that, I'm like, dude, you see them working. You see them in, in, you know, uh, making this uranium, enriching the uranium. Come on. Exactly. They're making a nuclear bomb.
1: A nuclear bomb. I
2: mean, they're making it.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's outrageous. Well, Israel just killed one of the nuclear scientists slash terrorists from Iran. That that's. Let me make that point very clear to you all. Those nuclear scientists, and this one in, in particular, by the way, uh, are part of the government military program to make nuclear bombs uh, for offensive use. Uh, against israel and elsewhere so those got the, people got the guy they killed him yeah. they killed him and you Probably know what?
2: educating the united states say again Was he educating educated? The, i don't know i'm just making that yeah. up I mean, where you get that high dollar where do you get that high dollar science education it's, a, it's an excellent yeah. point they I'm wondering i don't know
1: right uh, too many times the united states has educated uh, those who have gone back to China, yeah. who've gone back to Iran, right. who've gone back to support terrorists, yeah. uh, and we need to stop doing that. We need to be more circumspect in how we educate those across the world.
2: Yeah, man. they got to see what the heck they're going to do with that education. That Indeed. engineering and science is sophisticated stuff. If they're taking it back to their home country to produce a nuclear bomb, wait a minute.
1: Yeah, we got a problem. Yeah. We've got a problem. President Trump had it so right, and I have n- hadn't heard it before and haven't heard it since, uh, that is, he said, I'm president of the United States. I'm not president of the world. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, right? Yeah, I- I'm here exactly. to represent the people of yeah. the United States. That's right. Uh, now, w- before that, uh, these uh, great leaders, I say mockingly, sought to impress them- themselves upon the world as the leader of the world community. What? Right. What? Yeah, Not. If they yeah. want to do what we're doing, great. Yeah. That's
2: interesting because we do have, I mean, if you can reach out and touch somebody and you can change something. So I, one of the things I do is like, okay, uh, can, can I influence this decision? Is this within my realm of possibilities? I'll tell you what, the leader of the free world, President Trump, yeah, he's got 100,000 Marines at his disposal, right? I shouldn't say it like that, at his command. They aren't disposable. And um, if he can make a difference, yeah, he should do it. Uh, but in but in the same token, there, uh, do we need to be police in the world? Not so much. We need to be taking care of number one, like Tulsi Gabbard was saying on on um, on Fox the other day. Trump's policies on the border worked. Now look at look at look at the border now. So I, I diverge. I keep
1: no going. no. But it's it, your your point is important. Look, if b- putting American people first right. as their elected representative doesn't mean you don't go out to the rest of the world and say, hey, buy our products, don't have uh, dictatorships, do all of these things that we think are good. Right. Of course, you sell your policies across the world. What you don't do is prioritize the interests of those outside the United States ahead of Americans. And of course, we see this with the very yeah. last point that you bring up with the immigration yeah. uh, uh, policy. Well, we need to we need to help out all of these other people around the world. Don't get me wrong. We have a legal immigration policy that does that. Yeah. But the leftists, the communists want an illegal immigration a system where anybody can come to the United States. It's unfathomable. Yeah. It's, it's unimaginable. Is, is it good for those people when they get into the United States? Of course it is, because the United States yeah. is literally the greatest country in the history of humankind. <laughs> the greatest country. In the history. So if you have an opportunity to, go, to come from some underdeveloped country, some war-torn country, mm-hmm. some third-world country, to the greatest country in the history of humankind, should you do it uh, in, in terms of your own... Compulsion. I understand that. But should we let you do that? No, because we cannot accept an open inflow of illegal immigration because we don't have the infrastructure, the economy and the money to do it. And what do we see? We see a whole bunch of Haitians. Uh, now crossing the Mexican border. By the way, this is Haiti, not like two or three or four, or five oh no, people, no, no, ten thousand, ten thousand. And you know, Haiti is an island near Cuba. Just so you know the geography, it ain't yeah. next to Mexico. <laughs> it ain't in Mexico. They somehow got from Haiti. To South America, yeah. to Central America, to Mexico, and then they want to come into the United States. Right. And we hear these communists telling them, well, you need to let them into the United States. Uh, in a word, no. Right. No. <laughs> if I can come back to the Iron Don't part. Yeah, yeah for a where moment. were you going yeah. with
2: that? I, I diverge. We diverge.
1: The communists, the, the Tlaib, right. uh Omar, mm-hmm. um, uh, the squad, the squad yeah. plus others. Yeah. In the House of representatives, representatives, they are anti-Israel, and let me be clear, anti-Semitic, meaning anti-Jew.
2: Yeah. 100%. They don't like Jews, I've Seen it,
1: and they don't like Israel.
2: I'm stunned every time they open their mouth. I'm like, what are they doing?
1: And you know who are the best friends in America for the great country that is our great friend israel it's not the jews of america albeit uh, many jews are supportive of of the only democracy in the middle east i.e israel but the best friend the best friend of the state of israel the jewish state and only democracy in the area are the evangelical christians Uh they are better friends if you go across The the groupings, there are enough Jews who are leftists who who waffle on their support of Israel. They do waffle. They do waffle. I got a point on that. Yeah. But when you compare it to evangelicals, almost to a person, the evangelicals support Israel. Why? Because it's a democracy. Why? Because it's the Jewish state. Why? Because the interests... Uh, and ideals and values of the Israeli people Mm -hmm. mimic those of the evangelical Christians. So God bless the evangelical Christians for their support uh, of this great state of Israel. It's interesting. They have at the uh, memorial and museum uh, called Yad Vashem uh, for the Holocaust a whole section, a hall, called Righteous Gentiles. Oh, interesting. Yes. And they point out the, uh, the what, what Jews did survive, and there were not a lot, yeah. the Holocaust yeah. did so with the help of Righteous Gentiles. Fantastic. So let's not forget that. Yeah. And in modern day, the Righteous Gentiles relative to the great state of Israel, our great friend, the democracy, the Jewish state in the Middle East, are evangelical christians and that vein by the way i recommend that you listen at one o'clock on 101.1 fm the answer to jason rapert and save the nation he talks about uh, um religious issues he's an evangelical christian and he's a righteous gentile now go ahead what was your point point. Since,
2: since when did politics like the squad when did it turn into a a a forum to air your personal grievances since when did it become a forum instead of coming together and making the place uh, you know the world or the, or the country a better place based on consensus your conscious your colleagues since when did it become an, a a a forum to air your personal grievances against israel these are part these, these don't when did this happen
1: my parents as you know chris uh, were immigrants to this country And my father told me time and time again, he said, Rob, you were born here. Uh, You are a natural-born citizen. I'm a citizen, but I applied for citizenship. Uh It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And he said, because I applied, that means I requested to be in this country. And I have to show even more gratitude. He said to me, you should be grateful to be in this country. It's a great country. It's the greatest country in the world. But I have to show more gratitude because I asked to come here. Yeah. So it's one thing if you're some sort of uh, revolutionary, I don't support uh, revolutionaries, but if you're a revolutionary who's born here and said, "Ah, I hate this system. I hate this system. Uh, I want to destroy it. Uh, Well, uh, it's unfortunate that you have that view. But if you come from another country and then come here and say, I hate this system. I hate this system. Yeah. I want yeah. to overturn it. Yeah. Why'd you come? Exactly. What are you doing that's here? What you, that's right on point. Go like, home.
2: What, what are you doing? So you're pointing out problems. How about bring a solution? How about instead right. of bringing a problem, bring two or three solutions and that pass right. around between your colleagues and that's ask right. yourself, does this make the country more free or does it restrict your actions? Does it restrict your thought? Um, and that—that's where I get when I watch some of these folks in Congress and just question them. What are they doing? Right, right.
1: Yeah, um, shift that way, please, oh, yeah. a little bit. No, the other way. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Chris is in the studio, and, big and his big pumpkin, head, the big, big fat pumpkin head, head. <laughs> is getting the way of me seeing Heidi, uh, as well as sort of the landscape and everything else. So you know, we're in a few seconds, we're going to take a, a break, Chris, and we we'll can't come let back. The pumpkin head getting the way of no. solving these world problems. On brother. that, we will take a break. Right now. This is a Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck, filling in for Dave this Friday morning. In the studio, Chris Corbett, always, always with a good thought to share, Chris Corbett is a professional engineer. That's not a regular engineer. That's an engineer who's taken a separate licensing exam and is a professional engineer, as well as a licensed attorney who what practices did. with me. What was my good idea?
2: Did we, didn't we just solve world hunger? Should we tell anybody?
1: No. No. no, we're going to charge a dollar, <laughs> a dollar per person. We solved world hunger. No, no, we're, we're not really speaking, speaking about solving world hung, hunger and, and other brilliant ideas, you got you're going to love this little diversion. There's a guest essay in the New York Times by a fellow by the name of Jonathan Malezik. Well, I think that's how it's pronounced. So here's the title, and then you're going to love his description. Yeah. The future of work me, should mean working less. So his brilliant proposal is to work what? less. Oh my gosh. Mr. Malesic is a writer and a former academic. Sushi chef and parking lot attendant who holds a PhD in religious studies. Now let's <laughs> let's recap Can all I of that. Can I ask if it's an online university? Yeah, not exactly.
2: Down <laughs> online university.
1: Former academic. Trust me, I work with academics. Yeah. I know, right? Former academic. <laughs> if he, he's not only an academic where it's filled with communists, he's a former. He couldn't <laughs> even <laughs> hack it as an academic. So former academic, sushi chef. Uh, okay. And and parking lot attendant. He lists amongst his three occupations, parking lot attendant. The job where you sit and let people come in and out of the parking lot. By the way, he holds a PhD in religious studies. Oh man! How much you want to bet? By the way, notwithstanding his PhD in religious studies, he is an atheist. I don't know it, I, but I just want to put money on that. Oh, I man. want to put money on it.
2: and He wears a white coat, so we have to listen to him.
1: Exactly. <laughs> And his brilliant theory is, work less. Oh, man. Right? Because, hey, if you work less, Chris, then the government can give you the difference. I got to tell
2: you, that takes me back to the Bible, honestly. The idle hands doing the devil's work, baby. Work hard. Then you you know what? When you work hard, you sleep well at night. Exactly. Because you're tired.
1: What does he say? It it goes... It goes on and on to say, well, logical. you know, thing? if people, if people work, they miss out on doing other things. Really? Yeah. No, really. Wait, wait. So let me see if I understand this brilliant insight yeah. to economics that was discovered, 2,000 years ago,
2: Uh,
1: it's called opportunity cost. If you work, then you're not at home watching TV or going on vacation with money that you wouldn't have anyway or doing something else. Do I I have the brilliant insight down from the leftists? This is a guest column in the New York Times. They are sharing such a brilliant insight with you. They had to bring someone in from outside who ain't working apparently to write this article. Oh man, it's it's really too much. Uh, um, this view, he says, is simple yet radical. Oh, it's simple and it's radical and it's stupid.
2: I get. Hey, you know what else? You don't work. You don't eat. Well,
1: oh, oh, oh you're mistaken, Chris. <laughs> Oh, how I wish you were on the money. Chris, as usual, has stumbled into the right answer, like a blind boar finding a truffle, or, I know I get corrected every time because I'm in Arkansas, like a squirrel finding a nut. A blind squirrel finding a nut. This view is simple yet radical. It justifies, wait for it, Chris, it justifies a universal basic income and rights to housing and health care.
2: There it it is. There There it is, baby. We'll just wait on the government handout so we can eat. That's it. I tell you what, if I get hungry and I don't have anything to eat, I'm going to go work so I can buy me some food.
1: It's it's, uh, um, really remarkable how quickly the communists jump from, I should work less, to I have a right to, and let me start listing the things I have a right to. I've got a right to food. I've got a right to housing. I've got a right to health care. Oh, and you yeah. know, the lefties were say, What are you crazy? You think you don't you shouldn't eat and have a house and have health care? <laughs> I didn't say that. Exactly. I didn't say that at all. What does it mean to have a right? I put in air quotes for those not watching us mm-hmm. on Facebook. It means that I can make you pay for it. Uh no. No, his, his you theories. want food. Yeah. You want housing. You want health care. Go to work. Oh, but wait, he says work less. Man, I, I, these folks
2: that 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 espouse these kind of views, they're so ignorant. They it, there's no, ignorant. Yeah, there's no long term. That's not going to work long term. It's not going to work. You what take the a, stuff. It's not I work, work, for work for an hour and a half. I'm going to quit if you keep taking my stuff. I was harping on the CB radio on the way in today and uh just talking about drivers truck drivers asking them how, how much does the government take 30 40 some of the drivers are making 1400 a week these are truck drivers and i'm on the radio driving from conway to little rock by the way Left-hand lane is for passing, folks. Get the hell out of the left-hand lane. It's called the hammer lane
1: for a reason. By the way, that lines up with what I call the Arkansas crawl. I haven't <laughs> seen this anywhere but in Arkansas. You ever notice you're driving down the highway yeah. or you're in yeah. Cantrell yeah. or you're in university and there's two lanes and there are two cars parallel to each other Boom. like they're having a conversation or oh, something? Man, it what drives are, you, me what insane. are you looking for, a friend? Yeah. You need to be six inches from the side door of the other yeah. guy? Yeah. Speed up or slow down. I got to
2: tell you. I got to tell you too. It's dangerous to ride right next to. Of somebody. course it
1: is. You need All to they get have past to do is Hit a d- bump.
2: Yeah. So, uh, anyways. Hey, by the way, I did see a sign. It's a new sign from the highway department. We have got to reach out to Lori Tudor, my old colleague in the research section at the highway department. She's now the director of the highway department. There's a sign that says "left-hand lane for passing." Good for you. I so you
1: you were talking to the yeah? To where the, the truck hell were, squirrel? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was talking to the drivers about taxes and how much money they're taking out of their stuff. These folks are working hard, man. They're getting up. They're driving these
1: trucks. According to this guy, they're working too hard. No, slow down. Take a break. Yeah. We'll pay for it. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what?
2: Yeah. I cut this boy's food off for a week.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's see how. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Nice.
2: Let's let's just see if he goes to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Uh, When's the last time this guy paid for something himself
2: exactly maybe he's maybe he saved his money maybe yeah. he, um, oh, yeah. you know, maybe he's got plenty of income maybe he's living on two dollars a week I maybe he
1: used that phd in religious studies to uh, amass a fortune in the stock market maybe right exactly well, wait you know wait, wait let me look at the window oh there it is yeah, there's you know a pig what? flying by yeah you right know what's there. interesting about
2: that he may have some passive income from the stock market but you know how why that happens because americans are out working hard exactly Now, Americans work a lot. I think I I saw some uh, statistics on that. Americans work a lot more than the rest of the countries. I would like a siesta, like in Spain or France, shut down from one to three or one to four. But, um, uh, you know, it it comes down to to personal freedoms. But when these guys like this get on these liberal – uh, columnists and they get published like that they get emboldened we've got this small minority out there that are airing their grievances rather than trying to build the whole country up and it affects people it infects people and they they start to agree with that like oh man what a great idea to work less you know what? It's, it we talked about it before they have these great ideas oh, I want to work less I want free hair care who doesn't want that
1: I'm going to start a list of, um, uh, quote, unquote, brilliant communist ideas. Yeah. Uh, um, So why don't we start that and we can let Dave's listeners sort of uh, uh, send him texts on the Facebook and call in in the future. So here are some of my brilliant ideas. Uh, Everybody gets a free car. Why not? Uh, Everybody gets a free Rolex. That's right. Uh, Everybody gets a free lobster every week. Um, uh, let's see, what else can we uh, give away for free? Because, you know, lobsters, Rolexes, uh, Lamborghinis, they grow on trees. Yeah, that's right. So we just go out to the Lamborghini tree and pick a Lamborghini. I like the yellow ones, you know, like the lemons. <laughs> uh And so I'll get a, a yellow Lamborghini. If you want a green one, you can get it a little less ripe.
2: Yeah. Uh And
1: then a free car. That's interesting. Right. Yeah, we'll get the uh, we'll get the uh, little you know, the, beginning the, tree.
2: The standing line in Rose City, where I hung out for ten fifteen years, was the best way to get back on your feet in Rose City. Miss a car payment, exactly. G- guess what? You go be walking. No, no, Chris, you. I don't love that much, fun though. It's you a know? great get back on trip. your feet, baby. Me, yeah,
1: miss a car payment, or yeah. or in this guy's world, don't make any car payments at all. Work less, have two cars. Yeah, and you know what? I bet
2: that guy. Gets up in the morning, goes down, and gets his $10 coffee, his fancy coffee, from somebody that invested money. Went out and made a deal with a landlord to rent some space. Buys the coffee. Gets up every morning and is down there working his tail off, trying to make ends meet, selling coffee.
1: Have you seen those guys? When I worked in New York City... Uh, I'd come in to work and of course they had the stand with with the coffee guy. Yeah. You know, those little push cart kind of yeah. things. Uh they had the hot dog stands. There was a guy guys at work? that worked. How, how many hours that guy stand on his feet and work? Exactly. They had the guy who sold soup for lunch, it was very good soup. Yeah. But you would see those guys pulling up at like six or seven A. M. That means now. they're getting up at five, right. living out in Queens, right. uh setting up the truck. Of course they gotta cook all the food or prepare yeah. the coffee, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and doing all that and they're pulling up those push carts you know they hook up to a back of a car right um uh, on on a hitch uh and they're not literally push you know you've seen them yeah and and they're doing all that and when are they leaving five o'clock man that's a that's a long that's a hard day's work it's it's over 12 hours uh, of work yeah. but you know according to this guy well we going to get this guy on the radio and asking questions. Yeah, where, where are you getting your no, stuff? No, we're, we're gonna call him now. You know, yeah. saying, uh, "Call me back in two hours. I'm asleep." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't call me now. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. <laughs> That's right. I mean, this is what's wrong with the left. This is, you know, there was an old joke in communism. Yeah. The Soviets used to tell, and the joke was, uh, uh, we pretend to work for the workers, and you pretend to pay us. I mean, it's all make believe. And guess what happens? It How all falls apart. Sure, it does. Yeah, it does because it's. If you here's the deal.
2: It's all a balance. There's always you can eat too much peanut butter and die, right? But you can work too much and die. You can play too much. It's got to be a balance. Exactly. And um,
1: if the, the, I don't work, I'm not going to enjoy my vacation. Uh, no, if, no, if vacation, you don't work, you're not going to pay for your vacation. That's right. Okay. With that, why don't we take a break and we'll be back after these words. This is a Dave Ellswick show and I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave in the studio with me, of course, is Chris Corbett behind the shield is Heidi. Chris, we talk about all the time and that doesn't mean we ain't going to talk about it again. We talk all of the time about our efforts, meaning your effort and my effort. When I say our, yep. I mean you and me. Yep. Our efforts to fight bureau hacks. Yeah. And we do it here in Arkansas. We have a very good but not perfect legislature that has enacted a number of good laws. And the Bureau Hacks are literally ignoring the law. So we've worked directly with a lot of legislators. I was going to say countless. They're not countless. We can count them. We've worked directly with a number of state legislators to pass a number of good laws. And guess what? Didn't make a difference so far. Why? Because the bureau hacks are breaking the law. They're just ignoring the law. Man, we're
2: talking, this, this law you're talking about, too, it's black and white. There's no gray area here. I don't see any, you know, I love ambiguity. Hell, that's what I make my living on, right? A little ambiguous. I, I was litigating a case yesterday. What's the def, what's the definition of offense? You know, I told I told the judge, I said, hey, uh It'd be sure nice if we had the definition of offense in the statute. Oh, wait, we do. I happen to have it with me.
1: That's hilarious.
2: <laughs> Anyways, the the statute, what you're talking about, is right on point. Several and, statutes. And and um, you know, here's what we did. I and and I look back at it, and it wasn't by design, but it, it should have been by design. But we've got one again. We got a. We have a lawsuit against city hall, which is the city level. We have a lawsuit against the county which is the county level. For the now, courthouses. Right, the courthouses. And now our, our latest lawsuit is against the Arkansas Game and Fish, which is the state. And um, it's interesting. Um, these laws are written with the ability uh, to get attorney's fees if you win. And oh, the, we win it, baby. Yeah, and that the reason behind that is so folks that don't have $2,000, $5,000 to walk into an attorney's office and plop their money down, they can come in. Uh, tell their problem to an attorney, and they can listen into it, and a good attorney will get down to the nuances of the problem and say, hey, you know what, I think you have an issue here that I'm willing to take on contingency because you're right, and maybe you're an attorney's fees. Now, there's no way guaranteed. We want a FOIA case, and we're still fighting on that. The uh, university turned over the FOIA docs, not before we filed suit, but after we filed suit. And now, uh, in front of Judge Fox on appeal right now, is a motion to determine the prevailing party, which we were because they turned the information over. Claims Commission dinged us. You don't have an order saying you're prevailing party. Okay, we'll go back to the court. Tell us who the uh, prevailing party was, Your Honor. Uh, nope, I'm not going to do that.
1: That's denied. Tim Fox, by the way. Yeah,
2: denied. Okay,
1: right. we'll appeal that. I don't think Tim Fox actually followed the law in our case at any stage of the case.
2: No. No, I'll tell you why. So we appealed it once. Supreme Court said, you know what, Judge Fox? We need you to issue an order with the findings of facts and the conclusions of law so we can review something. They sent it back to him.
0: Nope.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tim Fox thumbed his nose at the Arkansas State Court. It's interesting. Tim Fox gave the middle finger to the Arkansas Supreme Court saying, oh, you told me to do this? I'm not doing it. I'm ignoring it.
2: You know what happens to my clients uh, that I've defended and have been on both sides? When you disobey an order of the court, it's called contempt of court.
1: That's right. You can be fined and put in jail. You know, maybe we should uh, contact the Judicial Ethics Committee uh, to refer Tim Fox to the Judicial Ethics Committee.
2: I think that's a possibility. I don't know. I think we need to look into that. They
1: have some teeth, but I'm not
2: so sure. It's kind of a, uh, I'm watching that was judge Judge griffin right now
1: oh right right but well uh, i think we need to look into that he literally thumbed his nose at the supreme court after by the way earlier in the case making up the FOIA law how do i know he made up the FOIA law because i know the FOIA law (laughs) if you want to know what you write a book didn't you write a Hmm, book on it i think i'm the author of the book on the arkansas point
2: of that statute every exception Steinbuck's, you're you're the, I mean, every time I call you on something like that, hey, what about this? Hey, look at my book right here, page, oh, nice. Well, that's actually already been decided. What are they doing? Oh, let me bring that to attention to the court. Now, judges do not know all the law. No. That's why the... Hey, they can call me.
1: Yeah. They can call me here on the Dave Eldrick Show, here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. The attorney
2: matters. The attorney's job is to bring this to the law. Like the other day, the judge didn't know the definition of offense existed in a statute. Well, here it is, Your Honor. It's a barrier. It doesn't say wood. It doesn't say plastic. It doesn't say metal. It's just a barrier to keep people out. That's all offense is. So uh, the level of the skill of an attorney, he's got to put the work in and bring it to the attention of the judge. And then the judge knows. Otherwise, the judge may make some erroneous rulings. And that's why we get to do what? We get to appeal it.
1: So yeah, I just argued a, an appeal before the United States Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit. That's our Court of Appeals in the federal system uh, yesterday, and that was that was interesting to do.
2: They give you a time limit?
1: They did. They gave nice. me a 10-minute time limit. At, when I was done with my initial argument, I said I uh, would like to keep the remaining 39 seconds, plus what I thought was a two-minute holdover. Yeah. And the judge said, you don't have two minutes extra, I said. 39 seconds will do then
2: <laughs> <laughs> interesting yeah i want to hear more about that these are the masters of the law these are eighth circuit court of appeals judges that have been vetted they're the ones that review what the lifetime appointee federal judges do right trial judges correct interesting correct. Correct. very nice
1: yeah and we have a uh, a runaway trial judge yeah. who decides much like Tim Fox, he's the federal equ- equivalent of Tim Fox. He, uh, that's uh, Bill Wilson. No, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. Billy Ray Wilson. Why, why oh, do Billy I, Ray Wilson. W- w- how, how do I know you play? say that
2: name? I yeah. think a Roy D. Mercer.
1: <laughs> it's Billy Ray Wilson because his name, he was born William uh, Raymond Wilson, mm-hmm. and he changed his name. No, no. He officially changed his name to oh. Billy Ray Wilson. Oh, interesting. So if I, lest you not think I'd be disrespecting him by calling him by a nickname, he's formally changed his name to Billy. Uh, no, Billy Roy. I think it is. Billy, Billy Roy, Wilson. Roy Wilson. Yeah, exactly.
2: Billy. Guess yeah. what? When the statute says the attorney wins and he gets attorney's fees. Right. You got a word of attorney you got an award attorney's fees and not a dollar. It needs to be reasonable attorney's fees.
1: And that was my argument yesterday. Judge Wilson, where you at? Yeah. Yeah. He's out hunting some ducks or something. He's a big duck hunter. <laughs> oh, yes, Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. At least he has been. I don't know if he still is, yeah.
2: We need to call Game and Fish and ask him where all the ducks
1: are. No, what he needs to do <clears throat> regarding Game and Fish is ask why Game and Fish is preventing Chris Corbett from carrying a gun legally pursuant to enhanced uh, concealed carry license on state property and in the uh, um, office at the gun range. Yeah. So let me see if I got this straight, Chris. <clears throat> you tried to go into the state office at the gun range. Range, and right. they told you, no guns allowed right. in the state office. Yeah, this is David in Ray. In the gun range. Yeah, this
2: is, I remember um, a year ago when David Ray was running for office. He had a nice sign out there in this is David Ray's area. And uh, anyways, yeah, they don't, uh, at a gun range, where I'm bringing my gun, I got to take my gun off to go inside the office.
1: Yeah, leave it outside because that's oh, safe, right? Man. Put it in the car because that's safe, right? Yeah. yeah, this is, I mean, these are all the kind of. If you watch what everybody does. Right, right.
2: They drop their guns off the door. Oh, that's safe. They leave their
1: gun at the door. That's real safe. Yeah. Well, I hear the music playing in the background, so that means we're at the top of the hour. Uh, Heidi's going to take us out, and we'll be back after these words. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbeck filling in for Dave this Friday morning. Dave, as you know, is on vacation, but will be back this coming Monday. So be sure to tune back in to 101.1 FM, The Answer, this Monday to hear Dave. Chris and I will be back on the show with Dave on Friday, as we usually are. Chris, before the break, we were talking about your lawsuits in which I represent you uh, against City Hall, against the uh, Pulaski County and against game and fish. We're missing one form of government. We I don't got know. Them all. Well we we gotta find someone else to sue to allow us uh, to allow you to carry with your enhanced carry license yeah. when these bureau hacks are not allowing it. So talk about um you talked about game and fish. Yeah. Talk about uh, City Hall. Talk about the argument that uh, Tom Carpenter made that his employees are afraid if Chris Corbett carries a gun into City Hall.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. So we, um, I, don't, I wouldn't say we pulled a fast one, but we definitely use some strategy in the civil procedure. So um, you, when you're trying to get the government to do something, you can ask for an injunction, a temporary injunction. You have to show what they call an irreparable harm. And um so we we kind of we batted that back and forth and we didn't think that was right. So what we used was the what you call a writ of mandamus. And that's when you ask a court to force a government official to do a discretionary act. And that's the standard we're looking at. So we we filed a basically a motion for a writ of mandamus to make them do what the law says. And that's what you do. You go in the, you go in the, to the judicial branch and you make your case. And um, you know we didn't we didn't uh, uh, decide to uh, form a march and throw rocks through City Hall. No, we're going to go. We're going to work the system. It's going to take some time, and it's not easy. We're, we're getting we're getting um, uh, you know pushback on every front. Um, we did not win at the circuit court lever That's level. That's a trial level. Yeah, the, the circuit court level would be uh, Judge Chip Welch. He did a good job here in all sides.
1: But what? But he didn't do, to be fair, and, and yeah. I perfectly like him. He seems like a very pleasant individual. Yeah. Uh, he did not do a good job in issuing his opinion because he punted. The job yeah. of a judge right. is to make a decision. Yeah. Uh, yes or no. And instead of yes or no, he said, well, I'm going to go to trial. But you don't go to trial on a legal question. You only go to trial on a, fa- uh, on a factual mm, question. Man,
2: I've been on the other side of that too many times. Yeah, saying, hey, this is, you know what? This is not an issue of factor, It's an issue of law, and I decide. Boom, and I've lost. Right. Uh,
1: and this is an issue of law, yeah. uh, and and frankly, uh, he didn't decide the issue he was deci- supposed to decide, no. so as to let the Supreme Court decide, so he yeah. doesn't have to be in the middle of it. That's right. Well, that's not what he's supposed to do.
2: No, and it was, um, so we, we immediately, you have the right to appeal it directly to the Supreme Court, and that's what we've done. And it'll take, uh, you know, it's what, it's September now, in October, I honestly, I think we won't get a decision until next summer. It's just how it works. And, um, unfortunately, and so,
1: meanwhile, yeah. your rights and the rights of all those who hold enhanced concealed carry yeah. licenses are being infringed, notwithstanding that state law uh, entitles you to carry your firearm into That's City right. Hall and you are now unsafe. You have to leave your gun That's in right. your car. That can get stolen. Someone can get killed. And as you walk from your car to City Hall in that neighborhood, you have a chance of getting mugged. Yeah. Why? Because Tom Carpenter thinks that his employees' preferences are more important than your safety and more important than the law.
2: You know, and I, I got to tell you, he said something during, Tom, Tom Carver said something during the hearing that baffled me. and then But it also made me understand he didn't understand this law at all. This is called a concealed handgun license. Guess what, y'all? And you, we got a bunch of friendly listeners out there. It's hidden. You don't know it's on me. When I say hidden, it's under my shirt or under my forearm or under my, you know, it's hidden. You can't see it. And, um, when, when you take these courses, you have to be disciplined with these firearms. It's not like I'm whipping it out and showing it. Um, you can't do that. It's hidden. It's for my protection and it's hidden. But if you step up on me and, and someone hurts you, Hey, I, I you know, what? I've been in plenty of fights. I, I, I can't, I'm 50 years old. I can't do that anymore. But would I like to be able to do it? Yeah. I'd love to put the gloves on, but, um, or maybe you know relive some of those times in college and in high school but but the reality is the law is written for a reason we've elected our legislature to do that they've written a very clear law and the and the government's just not following it
1: well part of the problem I was discussing this recently with a judge part of the problem is that too many judges the leftist judges believe that they are legislators yeah. oh well we're going to here's what's good policy wait. I don't care what you think is good policy. You decide what's good policy when you walk into the voting booth. But you don't decide what's good policy when you interpret the law. You know why? Mm -hmm. The legislature, along with the signature of the governor, determines what's good policy. And that law has been enacted. And if you think it's a bad idea tough. You That's still right. must enforce it. And if you don't want to enforce it, well, then you go get yourself another job. You That's ran right. for office. That's These right. judges in Arkansas are elected. I, if you don't like your job, yeah. you don't have to keep your job. Right. Hey, you can take up with that guy who wrote that guest essay in the New York Times. Work less. Quit your job. <laughs> he quit being an academic. He's a parking lot attendant. I'm sure there are other openings in the parking lot attendant business. <laughs> there are plenty of openings for judges who don't want to do their job.
2: Yeah, yeah, And uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Judge uh, uh, Chip Webb said one more thing. He said, I've lost some sleep over this. And, you know, I was thinking about that. Why would he lose? Why would he be stressed out about this? I'll tell you why. It's because he doesn't like what the law says. He's like, hold up. I can't issue this ruling that all these concealed handgun owners are going to be able to walk into city hall. I can't issue that. That's what I'm all about. He thrusted his personal opinions on this. Which he shouldn't have. He needs to step back and interpret that law. And the law says a concealed handgun licensee can carry it in a city building. We even and the law wasn't clear, so we reached out to some legislators. Hey, this needs to be cleared up. Professor Steinbuck here, y'all, y'all wrote it with with the help of a bunch of lawyers over at the Bureau of Legislative Research. Here's how it needs to be written. Okay, you battle them a little bit. Yep, it was passed. Governor signed it. Boom, and now and and the and the city just doesn't follow it. How does the government and the city officials expect the citizens to follow the law when they don't follow the law
1: themselves? Chris, the law is not for bureaucrats; it's for little people like you <laughs> who have to write checks to the government so that those bureaucrats can get paid a lot of money to do a lot of little.
2: That's right. That's you know, what it's for. One of the fundamental things that people get wrong about the Constitution: the Constitution is not about what you can do, your rights. It's about restricting what the government can do. And that's a different matter You have to think about that. The government can't do this. Government can't do that. It can't violate your rights. So it's a, the way of thinking about it. And then, it, you know, this happened about in the last two or three years. I started kind of turning my head and I get these clients calling, hey, the city's doing this to me. I'm like, what? No, they're not. Send a little nice little letter. Hey, you can't do that. No response. Nobody willing to step up. But then when you send the FOIA request, you see that they have made a decision on that It's just like my is just like my my wife when we moved to conway got her got a golf cart got a golf cart towed um and um here, here's what happened I found an email from the city attorney telling the uh former sheriff yeah it's okay to tow their stuff it's okay to seize their golf cart like, what that's crazy the email says it now this city attorney's now a circuit judge and when I found that email after. You know, six nine months of poking around, asking for this, asking for that, discovery. It's not easy. They hide the ball from you, and then they say, and then what? What was Tom Carpenter's argument? Oh, we won't, we can't let him into City Hall. We don't know he's got a gun. Well, guess what? There's another uh, uh, proof there. You didn't understand the law. When you go through the metal detectors, you're gonna have to have, you're gonna have to show your card that you have this enhanced concealed carry. They know you're carrying it because you go through the metal detector. So.
1: Then Tom Carpenter said, well, we need to have a determination of fact that is a trial because I, Tom Carpenter want to demonstrate that my employees are afraid if somebody comes in with an enhanced concealed carry license, carrying a gun. And you know what I said? I said, no trial necessary. We concede that the whole bunch of you are hysterical. You're downright (laughs) crazy. Your faces are (laughs) melting that God forbid somebody with an enhanced concealed carry license is actually concealing. A weapon on his person pursuant to the law for his safety, for your safety, for everyone's safety. Never in the history of the United States has someone with a concealed carry license taken a concealed weapon into a government building and shot it up. Never, never. But I can recount numerous occasions with the assistance of Ed Monk, by the way, of people with concealed carry licenses. Saving people after some nut job comes in without a license and say a rifle or what the lefties would call an assault rifle and starts shooting it up.
2: That's exactly right. That that actually, Rob, what you're talking about there. Yeah, you know, we had a we we did have a uh, a mass shooting. I don't know if it was a mass shooting, but a guy going to a courthouse with a gun in Fort Smith It happened. I think within ten ten twelve years ago. But that's the nightmare situation. I'm disarmed. Because I can't go in a courthouse, my gun's in my car, Some cra- something crazy like that's happened. And i it's always there. I reach for it, and it's not there. What? That's the nightmare situation, right? That, that, I can't imagine that situation. But if, if they don't fall the law, could it happen? Yeah. Is it, is it a small possibility? Yeah.
1: But that's why you carry a weapon. That's right. For the small but real possibility that something really bad will happen.
2: Yeah, and ask you- everybody that was in one of those situations. That's right.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. When
2: they're when they're barricading the door with a with a with, you know that's hysterical. When you're barricading the door, throwing a desk up of it because you have no defense.
1: Nothing. You have nothing. no weapon. Yeah, they tell you to fight them off with pencils. Think about Shit. that as we go to break right now. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbuck filling in for Dave in the studio with us is Chris Corbett. Behind the shield is Heidi. It is now 721 and we will continue to the bottom of the hour and then we will have our last half hour. As you know, the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM. The answer is on from six to eight every morning. Be sure to listen at 1 o'clock to save the nation with Jason Rapert again here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Chris, let's finish up in these last, say, nine minutes or so, our discussion of your gun cases. I think it's important to keep those topics on the minds of the listeners because it not only relates to our gun rights, and that's something that you and I and Dave's listeners in general think is important because it's about our self-defense, but it speaks more broadly. More broadly to the notion that government bureau hacks are telling us we can't do what literally we've been entitled to do through law enacted by the state legislature and signed by the governor. So how is it that we continue to live in this administrative state where government bureau hacks, inevitably overpaid and underworked, are telling us we can't do what we are legally entitled to do. What is your thought on that broad notion that we are constantly butting heads with those government bureau hacks who are telling us no when the law says yes?
2: Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting that, that, that there is a definitely a broader point here. And the broader point is that you've got our citizens, you have a duty to pay attention to what's going on. And when someone's trying to pass a little half cent tax or someone's trying to come out and say, "Oh, we need to uh, we need some more occupational licenses here. We need when it gives the when it gives the government more power, you need to say no because we don't need that. But they couch it in some sort of terms where well, it's for your security. It's for your safety. And then they put this little fear in you. Um, I'll tell you one thing. You don't need to fear folks with concealed handguns. Who needs to be in fear is the lawbreakers when they roll up on somebody that they don't know has a weapon. That's where the fear needs to be, and that's the point. These concealed handguns, folks, they're concealed. And um, I see an interesting pattern right now. I was just thinking about it on the way in today. um, They've got some laws out there, this terroristic threatening, um, the ability to, uh, for the prosecutors to charge you with uh, brandishing a weapon, with more and more people having these concealed handguns. I tell you, what the concealed handgun guy is thinking, or the guy or the lady is thinking, is, I don't want to be in a fight. But if something happens, and they can prevent it with their weapon, without pulling the trigger, there's a very high likelihood that they get charged. And that's what's interesting. So I'm defending a couple cases right now where, where folks prevented violence because they had a weapon, but they drew their weapon, but didn't fire their weapon. And and I, with the way the justice system works now, they're going to charge you with a felony. And then they're going to hit you with a plea agreement. The plea agreement is going to say, hey, if you, if, because Plassey County, there's gun violence, there's gun violence every week here in Plassey County, every week. These unlawful bastards are out there shooting people and, I see this pattern with folks being charged with weapons. That they pull them out and prevent violence. And actually, in my in one of my in one of my cases, um, they called the police. Guess what? They got the gun, got arrested. Now they've got him charged with a felony, and he want they wanted to plea. Um, yeah, that's going to be tough. He's gonna he's in a real tough bind. Do you plead to something and stay out of jail? Take the plea and stay free, or do you roll the dice? you know, it's going to be my client's decision but folks have to be careful out there but here's the deal when these you you don't know it's like the frog in the in the warm pot right you're going to, you're going to crank it up to boiling every little inch that we with we let these these people get away with and these are our own citizens these are your neighbors but they couch it in such a way hey this is for your safety hey we need to do this no it's not folks it's taking away your rights
1: and that's why we need that's the broader point we need judges We need legislators and we need governors who recognize our right to defend ourselves. Because I like police, but the police can't be everywhere at all times. We're too big a country. We're too spread out to have a cop on every corner. Remember, of course, by the way, as an aside, when the law school told a uniformed police officer that he wasn't allowed to come into school in his uniform with his gun because it's part of the uniform because he wasn't on duty pursuing a crime on campus. Right. So well, so they're saying n- n- you have to be less safe. Isn't that mm-hmm. remarkable? Yeah. Um, uh, in any event, th- my point simply is that we are safer, and this is— Documented. This is indisputable. We are safer when law-abiding citizens with concealed carry licenses are able to carry guns, That's and right. and we are looking to increase safety. And one of the things that you will do uh, when elected to the state senate out of Conway, out of uh, I always forget the county. What's the county? Faulkner name? County. Faulkner, how come I keep? I was hey, looking. Conway up, needs to be in Conway County.
2: Man, I was looking it up the <laughs> other day. That's right. I'm from Faulkner County. Right. And I was looking it up. There's a Conway City. There's a Conway County.
1: Right. I think, but they, a, but Conway City ain't in Conway right. there's County. Van Buren City and a Van Buren County is, is Van Buren City in Van Buren y- County? Y- yes. County?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, Van Buren County is next yeah. to Cleveland. Is county. there
1: a Faulkner City?
2: No. Okay. But there's one other one that just came up, and I think there's a. Uh, it's a Fort Smith city. There's not a Fort Smith County, but okay. it's very interesting. What
1: county is Fort Smith in?
2: Uh, uh, Sebastian. Sebastian,
1: In any event, we need you elected as state senator uh, from that Faulkner County area because you are pro-gun rights. Yeah, you know
2: what? One of the things I'm going to do, I'm going to pick through those statutes everywhere, Right. That the government's been allowed to charge you a little fee, I'm going to attack it. That's right. I don't care if it's five dollars. Oh no, I'm oh, getting Chris, rid of it.
1: Chris, you have to pay for your rights. $5. You got to pay for it because yeah. you heard at one time when it was for the renewal of the gun license, they, the the uh, police department that I support. They said, "Well, we need this for our retirement plan." Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait. No, the fee is supposed 50, to. Fifty bucks. Yeah, the fee is supposed to be supporting the office that maintains the gun licenses. Oh no, no, we covered that long time ago. We <laughs> paid for that already. We need it for our retirement. What? No, no. You go go Top to the ranges. legislature Top and ranges. have them designate the money. If you need more money and the yeah. legislature agrees, yeah. you don't get to sock it to the gun rights people, the people who are defending the good uh, citizens of Arkansas, I, the people who are supplementing the police. Department and you taxing them you taxing them
2: yeah folks there's a lot of money state of arkansas is bringing in a lot of money three billion dollars from personal and corporate income taxes
1: that's amazing yeah three billion we only have three million people in the state that is another three
2: billion yeah from sales taxes
1: wow yeah and king scott wanted to raise your sales tax here in little rock by another one percent he should lose the next election on that Yeah, remember this. While it was a 1% increase in sales tax uh, 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 on the amount of sales tax you paid, it was a 10% increase in the sales tax. He wanted to increase sales tax by 10%. Could you imagine if the state government told you, we want to increase your income tax by 10%? But King Scott wanted to increase your sales tax by 10%. 10%. 10%. And he got hammered. Yeah. And, so, hammered. and said it with a straight face. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, Well, oh, he's, he's got his entourage, his amen
1: corner entourage. Tell him oh, how brilliant man. he is.
2: They must be in an echo chamber going, you know, that's a great idea. Oh, that's answer. a great idea. Let's no, that's a, right right a great idea.
1: No, that's a great idea. Oh, man. It's unbelievable. And yeah. he got hammered. Yeah, he did. Two to one. Yeah. Big no. Right. And now... Uh Steve Landers is gonna run for mayor. Yeah. And others as well. Fantastic. Get exactly. in there and,
2: get in there and hammer Let's some get a
1: businessman in there. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm endorsing Steve right. because I don't know who else is gonna right. be out there, but I like the fact that Steve's running. Yeah, and I'll tell you that. And
2: something needs to be done about the city the former government here in, in City Little Rock, right? It's the a mess. City
1: manager versus mayor. Oh, yeah. Who's in charge? Yeah, who's in charge? You know, the, it's The
2: elected official right. or the city manager? No, it's really a joke. And they're making big bucks.
1: Uh, 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 on, on, think about how you're being overspent, and we will take a break right now. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Steinbuck, filling in for Dave this Friday morning. It's about 7.36 in the morning, and I am in the studio with Chris Corbett. Chris, there's an article in today's newspaper. It's very interesting. We were just talking about Tom Carpenter, the city attorney. For Little Rock, Mm -hmm. and I'll read you excerpts of the article, but it appears to me that Tom Carpenter is saying that if the the, uh, police chief uh, were to have sued the city, as he was contemplating doing for, amongst other things, apparently allegedly violating his constitutional rights, that the city would retaliate against him and fire him. Wait, what? He's recommending, it seems to me... Uh, he being Tom Carpenter, that the city retaliate against the police chief had he filed suit to preserve his constitutional rights. <laughs> now, not remarkable? Let me read you some from this yeah, article. Yeah, that is
2: remarkable. That's like uh, uh, quintessential retaliation.
1: Right? Little Rock City Attorney Tom Carpenter last month warned Mayor Scott about the repercussions should Police Chief Humphreys Humphrey sue Little Rock as part of his then-ongoing federal lawsuit. Uh, after Carpenter was alerted to the fact that Humphrey's attorney was preparing to amend the complaint to add Little Rock, the city attorney wrote the mayor, quote, if the chief sues the city over the operation of the police department, uh, um, why is he chief? Man. Let me repeat that. Tom Carpenter writes, if the chief sues the city over the operation of the t- police department, why is he chief? He goes on to say, does the client understand um uh, let me see. Yes. Does the client understand the ramifications of his lawyer's actions? More to the point, says Carpenter. Do you, mayor, feel comfortable supervising or taking policy advice from a department head who believes his employer, for which you are the chief executive, is acting illegally and damaging him? I.E., if this guy sues the city to enforce his rights, you should fire him. That's yeah. what I'm talking about when I'm telling you that these bureau hacks think they run the world. Right. They think you work for them. Yep. They think the citizens of Arkansas are their employees, yep. not the other way around.
2: Yeah, it's outrageous. Um, you know, there's a pending lawsuit now with um, the officer Starks that um, where they ruled his shooting was lawful. when the guy tried to run him over with the car. Um, he got his job back. And um the chief created a hostile work
1: enforcement
2: environment. He he quit. Oh, let me he had, let, he, he couldn't let's be deal clear with what it, happened. You know?
1: Let's be clear what happened with Officer Starks. Yeah. He pulled over a guy in a car with a gun. That's right. He did have a gun.
2: There's no dispute. And, and he was on drugs. He, he was, was on drugs kite.
1: and he had a gun. Yep. Starks thought he had a gun. The passenger said that. The driver had a gun, and Starks shot this guy as he was reaching down to the area of the gun and driving the car into Starks. That's right.
2: bending his knee backwards. Is it Sparks or Starks? Starks. S-T-A-R-K-S, yeah. And, you know... And then guess what happened? Gets his job back.
1: In the whole police department hierarchy... Prior to the chief coming on, and I was just defending the chief's constitutional rights, but prior yeah. to the chief coming on, the whole police hierarchy said the, the shooting was legitimate. Yeah. And then Starks, excuse me, then the chief comes on at the behest of King Scott yep. and he fires Starks. That's exactly Why? what happened. Political reasons. Political reasons. I,
2: I'll tell you, this is coming from the top. And the reason yeah, this is so, King yeah, Scott. It's so jacked up here. We don't know who's in charge. Is Bruce Moore, the city manager, in charge, or is uh, Mayor Scott in charge? Uh, I tell you what. I tell you what. The facts tell it to me all. It's one of the reasons I, I moved to Conway. Honestly, the crime was out of control. I was posting crime statistics on this little app called Next Door they banned me well that's because you are a bunch facts. of communists yeah i was posting facts guys nothing's going on nothing's been let's put our own cameras up right oh listen they were saying well, let's get more police patrols
1: okay okay let's get em. i'm with that too
2: uh nothing happened crimes going up up and then uh we had mayor stotala saying the crime's good crime's like crime's going down
1: no it's not uh, mayor stotala lives in my neighborhood yeah crime's okay there yeah his neighborhood's safe uh,
2: man and i'm talking about pleasant valley a lot of folks know that Pleasant Valley. People are getting robbed left and right out there. Their cars are getting stolen, and it, this little petty crime turns into bigger
1: crime. Of course it does. And and it's um, called the broken window theory. Exactly. Yeah. And
2: and the chief is responsible. Well, look at the facts. I mean, every every week there's been a shooting in little Rock. It's outrageous. It's amazing. What are they going to do about it? Do something. You can't just do nothing. Why is that
1: not reported? I
2: don't know. You know, every you get a little week. blurb, you little yeah. blurb, and, it, and it's a shooting here or there, but you know. Uh, When's it going to stop? I don't know. You
1: know and, and then Tom Carpenter wonders why you want to carry a gun from exactly. the parking lot in downtown Little Rock yeah. to City Hall. Exactly.
2: You want some facts? Right. You want to you talk about facts that really have no bearing on, the, on, on this law? But, yeah,
1: I want to carry me. Yeah, and he says, you know what Tom Carpenter says? You, you don't need to come to City Hall. That's wait, right. wait. You don't need to a come citizen. to the building you in which the city operates There's its business. There's other ways
2: to you access You can call.
1: It. Oh, what happens if you have a hearing in City Hall? Yeah, exactly. Are you not allowed to have a hearing in City Hall? Starks had a hearing in City Hall. I attended that hearing. Yeah. Uh, what happens if you were representing Starks in that hearing in City Hall? They disarm you. They disarm you.
2: Yeah, right. you know, they, they probably ought to take my fountain pen, too. That's right. That's a knife.
1: That's right. Or could be a knife. Because you can come across a desk and stick it in somebody's eye. (laughs) Right?
2: (laughs) That's terrible. But yeah. Yeah. (coughs) You're right. It's a. It's just how their arguments are laughable. Their arguments are laughable. That's what's. That's the problem. The but they but they put them out there seriously. No, really, this is the problem. People are going to be scared.
1: Right, but if you're a limousine liberal living in a gated community yeah. with private security, yeah. it's real easy for you That's to right. tell the regular folks, yeah. hey, you don't need security. That's you right. don't need safety. Don't worry. We'll take care of you. Wait, yeah. what? Where? <laughs> Where? Exactly. Where? That guy uh, in, in, in the paper who got shot. The guy who got shot in the week before in the paper. Right. And the guy that got shot in the week before uh, in the paper. Where was their security? Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. yeah it's, Nowhere.
2: Uh, uh, and it's been like that in Little Rock for years. This isn't the 90s. It's been like this in Little Rock for years. Right. Nothing's changing.
1: Right. Right. And. Um, wait, wait. King Scott, with all his brilliant ideas and his right. 10% tax increase, yeah. didn't come and clean it all up? Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is, is that not what. I don't know, he's actually, going to run for is, re-election. He's going what, to tell you how much better Little Rock, yeah, Rock is. What has he
2: done? Really, literally. What has he done? That's a great Other question. to collect, collect 160 grand a year, and uh, I think he gets driven everywhere. A couple new black suburbans, uh, which are good looking, um, and um, maybe done some partying over the weekends uh, or around the holidays at the Capitol Hotel, downtown Memphis. I've seen some of the four Wait,
1: that wait, have wait. Gone out. He's had a party for government officials outside of Little Rock.
2: I think so. I've what? seen them. Uh, why, r- r- why
1: can't he do it? What's that nice? At the Capitol Hotel? Right. That place is
2: beautiful. Oh, yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I think somehow it's planned. It's in the budget. I'm not sure how it gets away with that.
1: I love that kind of circular reasoning that the Bureau Hacks have. Well, this is what we always do. This is what we plan on doing. Schedule the meeting. Don't do it outside of Little Rock. You, the mayor of Little Rock, spend your money in Little Rock.
2: Just look at the way the money's spent. That's all you got to do. That's
1: it. Follow the money trail. That's right.
2: And, um, uh. Yeah, tax and spend liberal. That, that's that's essentially what we got. And then he tried to raise your taxes.
1: Oh, yeah, because guess what? Uh, nearly 10% ain't enough, so he wants to increase that by another uh, – he wants to increase the, the tax rate by 10%. It's I think just, what you
2: ought to do, eliminate all occupational licenses in Little Rock.
1: You want businesses to move to Little Rock, start their business? So right. We welcome you here.
2: There's no license tax. Right, right. All you have to do is register with us. Tell us your business. No fee. Uh,
1: remember, the business pays sales tax. That's right. Uh, it's, it's not like they ain't paying sales tax. On top of the sales tax, they want you to pay a license tax for existing. For existing. Exactly. There's and by actually, the way, they pay income tax. Because actually,
2: I just read an article a couple days ago. So there's a small business advisor guy making 50, 60 grand a
1: year. On the, on the city, uh, city of government. Yeah, yeah of course.
2: Spoke, what is he doing? What are, yeah. what are you doing? And then um, I think I saw it was Antoine Phillips trying to promote some sort of, um, let's make a committee. Oh, and the, we need another committee. Yeah,
1: we ain't got enough committees. Yeah, so we need he was another make committee. committee.
2: When well, they shut that down, and one of the one of the councilmen said, "Well, let's hear from this guy. What does he need from us? Guess what? He needs to be gone." That's right. Yeah, because well, small business is leaving Little Rock. Well,
1: what What's that? Is it Is it the city of Little Rock or is it the state of Arkansas that has that um, uh, government funded through taxation program to advertise? You know what I'm talking about? I don't but, remember that. No, of course you do. The thing that the tax, I think it's the hamburger tax. Oh, yeah, the yeah.
2: advertising promotion. Yeah, they make, oh, there's a ton so of money. Tell us
1: what tax. it what it's called, what yes, it is, the hamburger and tax. why we got to get rid of it today. Yes, it's just an extra tax
2: to help. They spend the money on trying to bringing, uh, um, uh, what do they have, uh, meetings here. Come, They try and promote the um, renting out of... Uh, hotels, they they bring these people. So here, I got to pay
1: a tax on my lamb burger at Tzatziki's right. or my chicken burger at David's?
2: Thousands uh, of dollars.
1: Thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands. So of thousands that they can things. put out advertising? Yeah. Hey, here's a crazy idea. If it, And it all goes to the hotels and, and venues? Right. Well, right. if the hotels and venues want to put out advertising, here's a crazy idea. Buy some advertising. Yeah, you
2: know, the last thing I did when I was looking at it, they um, looked at what they were doing. They, spent, they bought the Cromwell building Wait, wait, three or they four bought minutes. a building? They bought a building, bought now a building. Now with your tax dollars. They're now a landlord. Yeah, they're a landlord, and the deal is terrible. Not even landlord I know would have bought that building for that much. Of course, but government, government spending your
1: money on the building, so uh, it's real easy to spend the money. That's right,
2: right. And now your government is competing with you in renting out space. Unbelievable.
1: On a building that you paid for them
2: to right buy. Right across from the courthouse. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, but if... But people think, "Oh, that's good." No, it's not good, no, it's not folks. Good at all. You don't want the government in the business of renting out stuff. Yeah, maybe, you don't the, want co- that. maybe the business.
1: Maybe the government should go into car rental business. Yeah, you
2: know what? In. Maybe I should you to see how many people are behind on their rent. Yeah, see exactly. See if they've done any evictions. Exactly. Because you can't evict them, right? Well, now you can. I guess I uh, saw but, some. You but know, but is the government of Little Rock evicting
1: anybody? I don't know. I bet I've never seen that. Also.
2: I'd like right. to see that. Right.
1: Right. Interesting. It's such cronyism and corruption, and it's rampant, folks. Yeah. And the way we fix it is by shrinking government.
2: You shine the light on them like the raw. Watch the rat
1: scurry. That's right? it. Shine the light on them. Follow the money. And you do that through the Freedom of Information Act, and then you vote no for tax increases, and you vote against those people that want to increase your taxes like King Scott.
2: That's right. Well, And here's the, here's, here's the key. When you see this come through, it's going to be for something good. You should.
1: Uh, uh, put it in Wrong. air quotes it's yeah. for good it's How for good be against more parks yeah i'm against kids. more parks hey yeah, yeah here's the beauty of, of Rob, my conservatism i'm good. against i'm <laughs> against. it you know why i'm against? it because you want to take the money out of my pocket right. so i'm going to go to break but before i go to break i'm going to put my hands in my pockets so you can't put your hands in my pockets keep your darn hands out of my pockets this is the Dave Ellswick Show, and I am Robert Stomach-Filling, and for Dave, this is our last segment this morning. Dave will be back next week, all week as usual, here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Chris and I will be back as guests on Dave's show on Friday, and be sure to listen every day at 1 p.m. to Save the Nation with Jason Rapert, State Senator. There is a very interesting article in today's DemGaz, Chris, uh, about the redistricting for the federal um, uh, congressman, yeah, the Congress, the, the congressional
2: right. districts, U.S. That's right. congressional districts.
1: That's right. Thank you. And we've got four congressmen in the state of Arkansas. It's right. based on population, uh, and it's each congressman across the country has about seven hundred fifty thousand constituents. And of course, that makes perfect sense because four times seven hundred fifty thousand is three million, and we have a population of three million.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and the proposal is to right now Pulaski County is in French Hills um uh congressional district overwhelmingly blue yeah and uh french hill who's my congressman mm-hmm. who i support who i'm friends with uh he uh, of course he he's won twice now i believe at least two times i forget how many times he's uh, been reelected right. or elected and reelected uh, but It's always uh, an overwhelming chore for him to get votes in Pulaski County because it's so democratic. Uh Yeah, it's every two years, uh, the uh, position, the federal congressman. And so the proposal is since Pulaski County is in the center of the state, and Uh let's say you draw four boxes uh, to divide up the congressional districts, you can actually split. Pulaski County, in the four corners of each of those districts, if yeah, you wanted to. You could. And that's what the proposal is.
2: All, there, there's several proposals like that. They're split in Pulaski County. I think the operative word, and this must come from a statute because the the lawyers are talking about it,
1: called cohesive. The districts have to be
2: cohesive.
1: I don't know what that yeah, means. Yeah, well, you can't have like a big spot in the middle of one district that belongs to, a, uh, the, to another district. Ah, that's okay. one example. Yeah. It's also... Uh, th- the gerrymandering, you know, if the, if yeah. the shape of the district looks, uh, is a, is a long, thin line that mm-hmm. runs from the top right to the bottom left of the state, that's uh, at least uh, dubious, right. shall we say. There you go. Right? There you
2: go. So, yeah, and, th- and, then, and then I've seen the, some of the, the Democrats come out just upset about splitting plastic County. And
1: why would that be? You know, because it's a Democratic stronghold. That's why. And if you split it, then in each of the remaining four counties, the Democrats will be so underwhelming in terms of their vote uh, that there won't be any risk even that the Democrats could win one of those congressional districts. Now, to be clear, French Hill uh, is a very popular and a very good congressman. So notwithstanding that he has a big Democratic stronghold within his congressional district, he won handily, as I had predicted, incidentally. But- uh, it would be even easier for all of the Congress people to win if you could dilute that congressional district. Now, right. I'm not saying that's the intent, or maybe, albeit, maybe it is. I have no idea. Yeah. But what I'm telling you is that if they split that, if they split Pulaski County amongst the four congressional districts you know Mm -hmm. you think about it this it's like a drop of sugar in four cups of tea instead of a scoop of sugar in one cup of tea which one's
2: going to be sweeter that is a great analogy and what they're doing they're trying to divide up the population they're not i don't think their goal i really don't think their intent or their goal is to to divide the democratic vote i just don't think I, i don't see that as a goal but now could that be the effect yeah it could have that effect But I think they're truly doing this in an objective manner, and they're moving around some lines based on population. And that's what happens. It changes. It's not set in stone.
1: Um, uh, Well, that's one of the issues, if I may divert slightly. Yeah. uh, While you have um, given a soft announcement, so to speak, that you're going to run for Senate out of Faulkner County, we're still waiting on the state lines to be drawn. Yeah,
2: so these are congressional, United States Congress lines. But the
1: state office lines are equally being redrawn, but... but for through a different process,
2: right, right. So uh, it's interesting. So the the house is just a little bit of background. The house is of the people. That's why they're elected every two years, right? And they have districts. Now they the two senators have the whole state. That's right. right. So they have no. The so there is no
1: the district to draw for the th- senate. Right? For the senate, right?
2: Yeah. So it's uh, uh, and the senate is they they're there six years, um, and then the the house is there two years. So they are the you know the will of the people. They're going to change every two years, and this was put in by place by design. And um, so now it's time to change.
1: And just to be clear, when we say change, they can be reelected. But yeah. it's time to allow the people to yet again express their preference for who they want in office. That's so exactly there's no right. doubt that those who are Congress people all reflect their constituents because they're elected every two years. That's right.
2: And um, so it's going to be interesting it's going to be a battle. Um, so I think they're going to. Reopen the state legislature. Or they're going to convene the legislature September 29th. I see. Make these proposals and make a vote.
1: Yeah. yeah. And um, we'll see. Yeah, I saw there was a quote from our good friend Bart Hester in the paper. Yes, there Bart, was, that's
2: the article I read. That's right,
1: and there was also a quote from uh, the chair of state agencies, uh, Jason Rapert, who, yeah. as I mentioned, has a show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer, Save the Nation, at 1 p.m. Nice. So uh, there, these people... These elected officials of ours who represent us well are thinking about these important issues every single day. That's right. Yeah.
2: And um, so it's, it's, uh, it needs to be done. They've got to do it. And the quicker the better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. We need to Get set it on. We need to set those congressional districts. We need to set the state districts. And then Chris Corbett can officially announce That's his right. run for state senate out of faulkner county in which conway sits notwithstanding that there's a conway county somewhere right. where is conway County? is it that's nearby question. I don't you don't even know there you gotta, go. better get there on that go. and figure that out 75 counties we got we got to learn them all that's right it's a lot of work 75
2: county judges maybe we could do with half the counties
1: oh yeah the county judges wouldn't like that they got themselves some jobs oh man yeah you, you can't do away with your bureaucracy. you no. got to learn.
2: And that's the problem with putting things in place. They're hard to get rid of.
1: That's it. That's it. That, and that's why every time we have a tax, they're going to want to renew that. Oh, is There's some other tax that we're going to in Little Rock. It's now. the, the oh, is, that what it is They got the one penny or whatever. Oh, now, yeah, yeah, Vote no. Vote no. I don't even know if it's up for a vote. Vote no. I say no new taxes and no old taxes as yeah. well.
2: Get rid of them. We overtaxed. Too much. It's too much. Well, especially with the state income tax falling. I mean, uh, personal income, 29%. Uh, Arkansas is in the top five of the highest loss in personal income.
1: It's remarkable.
2: Yeah, these are the folks are out working hard.
1: It's really remarkable. Yeah. Well, it's been a wonderful two weeks uh, in which we haven't uh, uh, appeared every day, but we appeared Monday and Friday for the last two yeah. weeks. And I want to thank Dave for allowing us to host his uh, baby his show, right his on. wonderful show. I miss Dave. I do, too. And we're going to get to see Dave next week when we're back on as his guests on Friday. Dave, of course, will be returning Monday from his uh, hard-earned vacation. And we'll be back on the air on the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. So signing off, it's Chris Corbett and Robert Steinbuck saying thank you and have a great weekend.